Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, ladies, we have Jasmine Williams. She's not only a real estate agent, she's also a real estate investor. She's involved in short-term rentals, long-term rentals. What I think you're going to enjoy most about this episode today is we talk all things pivoting. It could be stressful. It could be overwhelming. It could be amazing, but it takes focus, right? To pivot, right, Andressa? And we talk mm-hmm. about multiple times that Jasmine did this in her business and with her investments. Just the concept itself, right? When we think about pivoting, we're not just abandoning our dreams or goals. We're adjusting so we can truly achieve them. And not just for her, right? But for the next generation. And by the way, Jasmine is going to be talking at the Investor Con about how can you set yourself and the next generation for a life of wealth. So enjoy this episode with Jasmine. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show, where we are focused, determined, completely zoned in on empowering women to live a financially free and balanced life on their own terms, right, Andressa? And whatever whatever Mm -hmm. balance means to them. Exactly. And it's so different, right? From women to women. And you keep hearing us saying about this over and over again, because that's just the truth. Yes. We, we hear different things and how we should be balanced, but whatever you want to be. Yes. And we are joined by an amazing woman, Jasmine Williams. Thank you so much for being on our show today. Jasmine is a just an amazing contributor to our community. She was a meetup leader and just doing amazing things in her space of we're going to get into here in a moment. But thanks so much for being here and joining us today. I was looking forward to this all week, so <laughs> for sure. <laughs> us too, us too. So for those who are coming back to our podcast, thank you. We appreciate you being on this journey with us and just thank you for, for making time to connect with us and, and listen to all the great women we bring on and our mini-sodes that we release. We have two episodes we release a week. So before we get into Jasmine and her story and just some great conversation around pivoting, which is the name of the game these days, uh, Andressa, what is coming up for for you, we just like to share a quick tip story to get connected to all of you. And Andressa is on for this week. So what, what is happening, Andressa? Disney. That's, <laughs> Disney. That's okay. I can't yeah. wait. Well, am I going to? No, I'm not going. <laughs> no, that's right. I'm holding down the fort. <laughs> you're holding it. You're covering for me. Taking my son to Disney, right? And the process uh, of it, I learned two things that I want to share with you guys. Number one. Wait. Please, I don't want to book flight. I don't want to book freaking hotel. I don't want to book freaking tickets. I don't want it. I don't want it. I do a lot of outsourcing and delegating in our business. And now I feel completely like outrageous. It's outrageous that I haven't done this in this part of my life. So that's what I'm going to be working on because I love when I tell people, here's the vision, here's what I would like to accomplish. And they do the freaking research. They go the 130 steps to get a freaking ticket at Disney. I was like, done with that. But here's what happens. I'm meeting my best friend from high school. Her name is, did I tell you guys her name? Do you know her name? I know her name. I know her name. It's not her Liz. Name is Andressa. Interesting. Her right? name is Andressa. 
So I have two addresses going to Disney, right? I haven't seen her for six years and she's coming from Brazil with her family and I'm going there with her. And obviously we said, let's connect the schedule. So we are going to the same places. And guess what? The only place that we thought would be magical is Magic Kingdom. And it was not available when I was trying to book. So I was like, oh, come on. Now what? Right. She was like, we can change everything. I was like, no, no, no. Hold a second. I'll keep looking at it until it's available. So yesterday at 10 p.m., it was available. So I called Disney customer service and they're amazing. They're amazing customer service right there. And the guy, Noah, he said, how are you? I was like, well, I'm glad because now I saw it is available. So I would like to purchase. How are you? He's like, I'm good. He's like, you know, you are the first person who asked me how I'm doing today. I was like, Noah, what the hell? And he started laughing. What the hell? That's horrible. Like, why aren't people talking? He's like, they're busy trying to book. I was like, I don't think it's the justification of not having a conversation with you and simply asking, how are you doing? And anyway, I start building a relationship with this rep over there. He was super helpful. He helped me out with the entire process. I haven't, I didn't have to do anything, zero zip. And then in the end, he said, could you fill out a survey? I was like, of course I can. That's nothing. That's minimum that I can do for you. And here's what Disney asked me in a couple of the questions over there. If you own a business, would you hire this person? I was like, this is great. This is great. I was (laughs) like, yes, I will hire that person. But when you're looking for folks, right? They're thinking, okay, if you were me, would you hire this person or not? And now I'm thinking about all the people that we work with, the people that we, the contractors, everybody. Would I hire that person? And what type of service us as a company that I want to provide to whoever we're serving, right? The women in our investor community. So that's all I got about Disney. I'll guys, I'll let you know how it goes. I will not be posting freaking pictures online because I just want to enjoy. So I'll, have a great time. I'm sure I'm going to get a ton of stories there that you guys going to be sick and tired of hearing after. But stay tuned. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. So without further ado, Jasmine, thanks so much for being here. And, you know, we always ask the women who are on our show to share with us and share with the women listening in our community here, what propelled you to get involved in real estate investing? Where did it all begin for you? Uh, where did it all begin? It began with me. I've been a realtor for over 12 years. And so with me being a realtor, it was one of those things that was like, I was doing okay. But I also was living very, very moment to moment, paycheck to paycheck, like opportunity to opportunity, meaning that there was like not a whole lot of room for error, <laughs> right? Because mm-hmm. it was mostly because I was not managing my money the right way. Right. Mm. And so I was really trying to figure this out in real estate. It's all based on your client. Right. And so you get your client, you throw the client in the car, you're wanting to go ahead and make sure that your client finds that perfect house. Once they decide on it, we get that offer accepted. And then 
if they don't do anything with their credit and make sure that they get to the closing, then everything goes well. But how if they don't times- do anything with their credit, that's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> but how many times do you think I've gotten a week out from closing and it's like, oh, I decided to buy furniture before I closed. Oh, come on. Or we needed to buy a car. So I went ahead and did that. Oh. Or my favorite one. Oh, oh, I thought we were good to go. So I quit my job. What? Those things have all happened. <laughs> so, <laughs> because of that, it was like, wait a minute. You know, I'm one of the top grossing agents in my office, but it was still like, these things were were happening. And because of that, I was just like, I need to make sure that I have something that doesn't require me, one, to have the freedom to work with who I want to work with, right? When you don't have options, you have to work with whoever. And that is not the reason why most of us start businesses. We want to start businesses because we want to work with the people that we love to work with. And so that was the first thing. And then the uncertainty, because things don't close in it. A lot of times it could be the client, but it could be title was messed up or, you know, the lender dropped the ball or whatever. And so it was just like, there's a lot of uncertainty. And so investing was one of those things was like, you know what, let me go ahead and try to figure this out. Before I found even you guys, your community, it was as a realtor, you would think that it would be easy for us to just kind of pivot into being investors, but it's not really that easy because there's not a lot of women in our space that are investors. So realtors Mm. that are also investors. And so because of that, I was seeking someone out that really looked like me, someone, you know, that was going or understood kind of what I was going through, even as, you know, being self-employed and a realtor and there weren't many, right? And so What I did was I reached out to folks that I respected that were investors and I just called them and said, hey, can I come by the office and ask you questions? And of course, I had built relationships over the time. So they were more than excited to, you know, just have me come and ask questions. And I came with my book, kind of millionaire real estate agent style, how (laughs) Gary Keller interviewed some of the top agents and top investors and just asked questions. And so I kind of put that all together, started reading, you know, Brandon Turner's book, those types of things. And then I was just like, okay, I'm ready to do this. And the first property that I bought, I still have it in West Philadelphia, $14,000. And I did not even, I didn't know anything about construction. I needed to do some renovations to the property. I went and got my contractor's license and here we are. So $14,000. a two-bedroom home. The woman decided to go into a a nursing home and she wanted to sell. And I was like, okay, here you go. So that's what we did. Wow. Jasmine. So for the ladies that are listening, right? That was your beginning. Paint a picture of how things are right now for you. (laughs) Things right now are still a pivot, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that was maybe about four years ago now. And so now it's like, okay, we have the properties we're getting used to. You know, I went through, unfortunately, a terrible eviction during the height of the pandemic season. So that was a thing. And then now kind of pivoting into, you know, bringing my daughter into the business. She actually um, just graduated from high school last year. And so she wanted to take some time off before she started college. And so she's starting this summer, but she took basically a year off to try to figure out kind of where she wanted to go. So pulling her into the business and really showing her how to manage, but still a pivot because it was like, 
we were doing business one way and now it's a completely different way of how business is done in real estate investing and in, you know, real estate sales. It's one of those things that you're just like, okay, closings are separate title companies, you know, all of those things was, were all adjustments. And even when there was, you know, the time that we were like shut down, that we couldn't show homes and things like that to our clients, that was a time that I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> now I'm like in the house. So I don't know if you guys were experiencing it. I was really relieved to actually not have to go anywhere um, because <laughs> it gave me some time. But then after, I guess, maybe about 20 days, I was like, oh, I'm ready to go back out. And it wasn't allowed, right? And so, <laughs> and so it, now it's just like, oh, okay, this is a thing. Um, the real estate commission, you can't show houses. You can't do this. You can't do that. Okay. You know, there's a lot to pivoting. And I think I just wanted to take a step back because, you know, in conversations with people, they get a little overwhelmed with the idea of pivoting in the sense of like, they're worried if they're pivoting or they're jumping to something different because what they're doing isn't working, right? And so it's a mindfulness, especially for those types of people who can do that in their life, right? So if something isn't working and they tried it a few times, they're like, oh, this niche isn't good. I'm going to go to this one or that. It's like the shiny object syndrome, especially in this business when so many different niches, there's so many ways to do, to make money and investing, right? In this business. However, there is a time to pivot and there's a real reason to do it. So you're living paycheck to paycheck. You're, you know, developing your business as an agent, and then you buy this property, this two-bedroom, right? So how did you identify like the pivot of, okay, this makes sense for me, and how am I going to do this so I'm not getting distracted from my core business, you know, but it's going to add to it. So I'm just curious what your process was, what your thinking was, your strategy was. I think a lot of women struggle with that and struggle to do it well, and they also don't want to do it in a way that distracts them necessarily. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you asking that because a lot of times we kind of gloss over the cry part, right? And so when I first settled on the property, it was like, okay, how can I get this done? Right. And so I consulted with a friend. He has been investing in real estate forever. And he was like, listen, just go ahead. He gave me like an order of operations of construction. And so he said, just go ahead and know that if all else fails, you're a realtor, you can list this property on the market and sell it as is for probably $20,000, if not more, right? So if you mess up, then you can go ahead and list it and at least get your money back. So don't feel like you can mess up to the point that you just lost all of your money. So when he said that to me, it was just like, it clicked in my head to say, you know what? there's exit strategies from this process, right? And so it was more of that conversation that kind of made me feel like, okay, I can get this done. And so we just started the order of operations, the clean out, you know, going ahead and doing the demo, going through. And one of the, the women that was working on my personal home, she was like, oh, you're doing a project? I'll help you. And so she is an amazing contractor and she kind of, walked alongside me and really was just like, this is what we can do next. This is who you can use. I was very fortunate to partner with someone, Bonito, who is still part of my team. And he was just very, very trustworthy. He was like, just get the materials here. I'm good. You can pay me by the week. And I just did it. And so I do start my day at five o'clock in the morning. 
right? So five o'clock in the morning, I'm getting my prayer time in, I'm getting some journaling in, I'm reading. And then at the time it was two kids. Now it's just one, my son, two kids off to school, getting them on the school bus around seven o'clock. By 7.15, I was heading to West Philadelphia to check in on the project. From there, I was going into the office. The team part or the aspect of having a contractor that I love and trust was really, you know, that was essential. And that was like one of the major parts of making me feel like, okay, I can get this done because every day there was progress. And not that I don't have my own contractor horror stories, but that particular person, that's my core person. He's amazing. And so that really, I guess, didn't get me distracted because I was still able to go through and get into the office and handle my core business. Well, I want to pick back on this pivoting theme that we're talking here, because a lot of women who are investors are also thinking about getting their license. I'm helping other investors make a ton of money and I'm keeping watching this. So I want to just play in the same pool and start investing. So you have your license, you are extremely successful as a realtor, as equal as an investor. How one thing does not kill the other? How were you able to really you know, make it work or is there a, a secret sauce? Because a lot of the women no that are, are thinking about it and pivoting, they're like, I don't know if I can juggle both at the same time. And Jessica, if there's secret sauce, please share. <laughs> oh, you let me know where can I buy it? A spoon, a tablespoon <laughs> works. Just one little, just a little cup. So no <laughs> secret sauce besides for organization. So I do have a lot of VA support. I have VAs in the Philippines that help me, you know, schedule appointments, follow up. They take the calls when it comes to maintenance requests. They do all of those things and I've trained them. So I have built out an SOP manual, which is mostly videos that really trains them on how to deal with certain situations. So for the most part on the investment side, I don't have to deal with many problems because for one, the major thing is usually maintenance. When I purchase a property, I'm renovating it pretty much brand new. So I don't get as many maintenance requests as someone who may not do that, right? And then on top of that, when it comes to just having things set up, we use ClickUp. So we use a lot of project management software to make sure that everything kind of, I just know what I have to do for that day and I get it done. And then also people, right? So I lean in, you know, my daughter is in our business now, so but she's a paid employee. So she takes care of those, you know, getting estimates and things like that. And I also have on my real estate side, showing agents. So I have two amazing showing agents that I started a team with that really are women that as ambitious as I am. And they just wanted to be able to have that team atmosphere so that they are basically given the leads and I am able to kind of get the deal closed, but they're able to do that data day showing and things like that. And so I lean in on people. That's the magic sauce and really training them to the point that they are able to kind of run things still hasn't gotten, honestly, hasn't gotten to the point where I can step away fully, but if I need to take a day, I can, and business still happens and runs. You know, a lot of people talk about teams, right? Yeah. Some people are like, I cannot even think about it. 
I don't have the patience to deal with other people. It's a pain in the ass and it's just complicated, right? But we all know that real estate, it's a team game and solopreneur equals you got a job. That's pretty much it. How did that come to you when it comes down to training and developing teams, hiring, firing, creating SOPs and trainings? That takes a lot of energy and effort. Did that come with ease for you or you made a ton of mistakes and and you just learned from it and kept going? Combination of everything, right? So definitely not the ease part, right? It came (laughs) from mostly having to repeat myself, right? And so what I was looking at is if I have to say this more than twice, then I need to create a video on it. I need to create a process on how I do this. And so I just started recording my screen. I use Loom and I record my screen whenever I'm doing something new now, right? But the team aspect and like kind of forming a business and company, I really say that Keller Williams, that business model that they lay out for us it was a huge part. It was probably the biggest part because before joining Keller Williams, I was really not running a business. Like you said, I was a solopreneur. I was really had a, just created a job for myself at Keller Williams. They really, they support you to go ahead and start a team or start and have a real estate business so that you are having the things in place that you can step away if you need to, or get some relief or things like that. So I would say KW, that business model. Yeah. And the the business models are so critical, right? The team, the community, we can't figure it out all by ourselves, especially when pivoting. I know that's something we've navigated, you know, Andressa and I, when we, you know, started an arm of our business of, you know, creating for agents, we have an EXP team, we have a, you know, investor EXP team. Point being is that it's the community aspect. You know, people can Google different things, but you have probably amazing resources at Keller Williams and, you know, the group that we're building same. It's like, you can't Google those things. You have to go to people, been there, done that, and have that kind of track record, right? So so definitely get that. And I think that's so important with the community aspect of when you're about to pivot. So another question for you, when you're building your investment, you know, you got the two bedroom, right? I know you have a portfolio now that has short-term and long-term. And that's a big conversation I'm getting asked a lot in some of the lives we've been doing. And Justin and I have been doing a lot more lives in our community and our Instagram, just like, you know, connecting with our community in, in a live fashion. And a few of the questions I got the other day were, what are the pros and cons, you know, short-term versus long-term? And for those in the business, you know, I can go through the pros and cons, but I'm curious, you start with the long-term and you've incorporated short-term in your portfolio. So talk through that pivot a little bit here. How did you set yourself up success? There are two Another different- pivot? What are you talking yeah, about? I know. There are two different animals, you know, and honestly, we haven't made the pivot. My husband and I, you know, have always been long-term rental people, multifamily, and going to pivot at some point here. A lot of different reasons. I'm curious how you made that pivot and how you set yourself up for success in another fashion here. So Liz, it was definitely, the first one was on a duplex. So on the bottom was a long-term tenant. And on the top, the property was so cool. It had like an exposed brick wall and, you know, that type Mm. of thing. And I figured it would be like an amazing Instagram ready, you know, picture perfect Mm. property. Right. And so went into the short term game with Airbnb and, you know, VRBO and all those things. And I actually really enjoy the hospitality aspect of Airbnb or short-term rental, but I don't know that it's for everybody, right? Because it's not all glamorous and you just like, like set up this beautiful place and you have to anticipate 
the loud parties, the neighbors that are like, why is this place every weekend with different folks? You know, all of those types of questions and things that come through. Downstairs, we have a tenant who decided that she didn't care that there were guests upstairs. So she had her children running all around. So of course, all of my reviews for a while where it's a great property. It's, it looks exactly the way that it looks on the pictures, but they're allowed children that stay up until two o'clock in the morning. That's a thing. It was just like, okay, I don't want to shut this down. But at the same time, I also want to operate in excellence as well. So how do I handle it? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of moving parts that I think that people don't necessarily talk about. I think that doing the experiment of it with a duplex, because, you know, I could always just turn it into um, a long-term rental. That was something that I was able to do as well. So buying this property, this is a duplex, but in Germantown for... Fifty-six thousand, and so there's enough meat there that I really can just do whatever I want. You know what I mean? Like it's, and that really just comes into buying smart and buying. You know, you make your money when you first purchase the property, right? And so that's really where it came from because the pandemic. I had bought it the October before we started and before COVID was a thing, and then was running it for a couple of months, and then it was like, oh. Airbnb started canceling mm-hmm. all of the bookings and was like, oh, wait a minute. I was booked from, let's say, like maybe February until like Mother's Day because this isn't wow. far from LaSalle. Right. So we're booking for like around graduation time and things like that. And so all of the bookings just started canceling. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. And so but I was able to pivot another pivot because it is near LaSalle and it's near Einstein Hospital. So traveling nurses was a thing. So it's having that flexibility and also having a lot of systems and the reserves now that I know, because a lot of people say, well, you started with just a little bit and you know, you're financialist. I literally had to become way more financial literate than I've ever been in my entire life because you can't be loose with money, right? You Mm -hmm. have to be responsible. You have to be disciplined because at the time I had to still pay a mortgage and I was maybe a month and a half without anybody in that unit because we didn't know what was going to happen, right? And so, but having reserves and things like that in place I didn't have to, you know, struggle or panic. I think there's there's two types of pivot, right? The pivot that you do your research, that you want to tap into it and you do a little bit of more research and then then you're like, "Okay, now I'm ready." And then you go. <laughs> and then there is the other type of pivot. There's like, "Okay, pivot." Now, right? And I think that the the pandemic kind of like put that pressure on all of us, right? pivot here and now like pivot the same day or I forget about that. Let's go another direction. You were mentioning as a realtor that instead of focusing on the buyer side, you start also serving more sellers. Share with us why you made that decision and what are the results they got out of that? Because it's a seller's market, being on the listing side of real estate is where it is right now, right? Because a lot of us buyers are not able to really get under contract, especially the buyers that 
I typically work with. So I'm working with buyers anywhere between maybe a hundred and two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So that pool of buyers is large. However, it's very competitive because everybody is looking to purchase a house. And so we were finding that we were, you know, going up against offers that were maybe, I don't know, one of 20, we're one of 20, you know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So another pivot into the seller because I wasn't dealing with sellers. I would always just, when I built my business, I wanted to help single women purchase their first homes. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did for years. And I found all of the programs. I found all of the grants and all the things to be able to help them. But that meant that I wasn't building that seller side, which is completely against the, the business model that is laid out for us at our brokerage. But What I do now is I have another VA that literally cold calls for me and gets me in front of sellers that want to sell, you know, in our community of the women that I'm training to be investors, they need deals. And so we were, you know, I was able to find a triplex for a young lady and she settled on it and she had some instant equity in the property. It made sense for the lender. It was just all of those things. So I had to make sure that I was able to get the sellers in place to go ahead and help out my clients. It's been a learning curve for me, to be honest, because I'm used to kind of dealing with buyers. You kind of get them pre-approved, get all the things. Sellers have a different set of problems, right? And so it's just like, hey, Mr. Seller, you have to move. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's time for, you know, all of those things that, you know, you don't necessarily think of when it comes to this process, but it's a real thing. So it definitely has been a learning curve, but something that, you know, we've been able to really be able to still sustain our business because of it. Yeah. And I love that you've been able to pivot by like the process of like who, not how, right. You know, and the idea that you're, you don't have to do it all yourself. So you're pivoting into a new strategy or a new side of the coin, right? And you said you hired a VA to help cold call. You didn't say I went and cold called everyone, right? That's different than having someone do that or having some support. I think that's so important, right? Because when we pivot, there's a lot to figure out of that new fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And it's always like, it costs us time. It costs us money. Any pivot, any new niche, anything for that matter. And it's like, well, how much is this going to cost me? And, or how can I shorten that by getting the right people to help me? So I think that's a great way of doing it. And that's a good, good lesson for the folks listening. We always want to figure it out ourselves and it just takes longer. Yeah. When it was something that I knew, probably one of the reasons why I didn't do sellers from the beginning is that I was not ever comfortable cold calling. So mm-hmm. because of that, I was able to attract buyers way easier. So by referrals, by my social media, those types of things. And so the seller thing was always like over to the side type, type thing. And so I knew that I needed someone, a, a listing manager, you know, someone to go ahead and get that done. I knew that I could get the transaction closed, but I also knew that it was going to be a lot harder for me to, you know, to learn how to, what language to talk to those sellers. And so that's why I hired them. And how to do it. Yeah, no, I love that. And what we're really excited too, before you share where all the listeners can learn more about the great things you're up to here, Jasmine, I want to make sure we mention that you're going to be one of our speakers at InvestorCon, June 23rd, 24th. Excited for you to dive into what you've so powerfully created with your daughter and your family around the generational wealth aspect of what you're doing and and how to do that. And I'm not going to 
keep talking because I'm going to give some really cool little neat strategies that you've done with your family away. But come join us, come meet Jasmine. She is so, you know, doing so many great things and we just appreciate her so much. So where can the ladies listening learn more about you and follow you along in your journey? For sure. Instagram is where I'm usually hanging out at Green Real Estate Mom on Instagram. And I'm hanging out there and I am always educating in my stories. I'm always answering questions. If you DM me, I will definitely answer. It's just one of those things that I think that I wanted to be a low barrier of entry to be able to get the information. And so follow me there and definitely, you know, any contributions that I can make to you or to your listeners, I would love to do that. And I can't wait for the conference. I'm so excited. (laughs) We're excited about it, Jasmine. So all the information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one, Jasmine is what's the most powerful book you ever read right now it used to be it used to be rich dad poor dad but last year i read we should all be millionaires by rachel rogers and when i tell you it transformed my entire thinking of building wealth of getting out of my own way of you know just empower being more empowered and more confident it was it's amazing so if you guys haven't read it yet pick it up Awesome. The second is, what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? For sure, that 5 a.m. wake up. (laughs) And and a lot of people don't like to wake up early, but it's something about having those quiet moments before your house wakes up that is transformational. A lot of what I do, a lot of my, you know, that my needle moving tasks are done before eight o'clock, before emails start coming, before client calls come, before Zoom conferences, all those things. And so that morning routine is where I get mostly everything done from paying bills to tackling projects that I'm working on, scheduling, you know, contractors, all those things. For sure, that early morning routine is where it's at. Love it. Last question, which women famous or not? has inspired you the most? Probably my aunt. So my mom and my aunt, I think we talked about this before, but my mom and my aunt raised me as the two moms, right? And so with them raising me as two moms, unfortunately, my aunt passed away last year. So it'll be a year Mm -hmm. around Memorial Day. And so, you know, you don't realize how much impact that a person has on you until they're gone, unfortunately. Mm. And so every single day when I'm writing an email or trying to figure out how to address the situation, I know that I would call her and I tap into what I think she might tell me to be Mm. able to handle that situation. So she is for sure. My aunt Deb is definitely one of the most powerful women that, that I've ever known. That's great. I love it. Jasmine, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for sharing your, your wisdom with us and the community and excited to see you in June, you know? So thanks for, thanks for being on this journey with us. We really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you, Jasmine. No problem. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion. 
so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.